Hey, you guys. So this is part two of um, Memory Lane uh, of this day 19 years ago. And I had told you guys that, you know, uh, this day I share with um, the memories with the memories I share with two women who are um, everything to me amazing friends amazing sisters and um you guys heard from phil um in part one um i'm actually going to be um discussing the this experience that we encountered 19 years ago with dana um who you guys heard uh from uh last episode so um yeah just so you guys can kind of understand um for anybody who is trying to get a personal understanding of what this day meant or means um and why people are still after so many years affected by the memory of this day so let's go let's go let's go Cause like literally that's all you heard um and for the most part this day you saw absolutely no police on the block niggas know i'm not making this shit up if you're from new york city you remember if you was out on the block this day i say about a 10 11 o'clock there was no police nowhere but downtown and that was the sound you heard as they were heading downtown so yeah you guys so um we're here and um just sharing some of our memories of this date 19 years ago and um i told you guys i did recall that i didn't have i didn't work that day but you know dana um you know unfortunately did so i was like wow with her experience so dana yeah I know, but can you let the listeners know um, what actually happened from your perspective of being there in the midst of all of that? Good morning, everyone. Good day. Hope everyone is blessed. Stay well. Um, fortunately, not unfortunately, but fortunately that I, I was there, and fortunately that God saved me, and I was able to to live to you know tell a few people stories because a lot of people don't know survivors or anyone that's ever actually worked in a road trade. Um, and that the World Trade was just more than a, a business building. Uh, we had many restaurants, we had daycare centers. Um, it, it, I, you know, we also had personal friends that we didn't just meet at work, but we knew from school and different things like that. But that morning, like every morning, um, I had to be to work at, what was it, like 5.45, 5.30, we would at 2. Yeah. Um, setting up and... We heard a boom at I, I don't I can't I can't remember the time maybe about eight something I don't I don't I can't recall but we heard a boom the the whole building shook the the bar shook the 
TV shook the glasses on top of the bars, fell, they stayed, you know, the ones that didn't fall was shaking out of control. We thought it was a truck from across the street that fell, that was delivering the Century 21. Um, then I guess maybe someone got a call, and we usually keep the news on, but it's usually on mute by the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone put the, um, you know, turned up the volume, and we actually seen what the hell was going on. And during that time, after the first plane hit, they locked the doors because they didn't know exactly what it was. Okay. So we had to wait. So we, you know, we just in there. We don't. We're not knowing if we have to evacuate or not. So it, it felt like not even two. I don't know. It just it was really fast when the second plane hit. And then that's when they started to try to evacuate us. We had to run out the back because they wouldn't open up the front door. So we had to run all the way around and then come out the back. Like the kiosk. Yeah. Um, people were jumping out the windows and screaming and blood was everywhere. The, the, the daycare centers were evacuating and the, the babies, they had blood on them. The babies had debris on them. They were crying. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Some of them weren't even holding hands with it. Like, it was just so fast and we, none of us knew what was going on. Yeah. You know, I was, and, and I was saying earlier when I was on the phone with Phil, I was like, you know, the, the, the crazy shit about calling your job and hearing that all in the background when you called is it, i cannot take that memory out my head like once it registered that like oh shit that's my job and i called the store sis to hear adrian it's like you can you knew that nobody knew what was going on and how frightened everybody was mm-hmm. and even in the midst of him trying to remain calm on the phone because he really didn't even have to answer i don't even know why he answered but thank god he did because in such it was, it was going off the hook like our cell phone but we couldn't answer our cell phone we, the, the, the calls were coming through because people was calling us, but we couldn't answer. Yeah, the phone service on the cellular line was, was shot because people were trying to call me. And, you know, I found out after the fact that nobody was getting through. You, If you didn't, like the landline was literally the only way yeah. to really communicate. Trying to see what was going on. Yes, yes. And I remember Adrian just saying, Nicole, Nicole, I'm sorry I can't talk to you right now. We're trying to evacuate everybody. We'll find a way to keep you guys posted. And I was like, all right. And then that's when it hit me like, oh my fucking gosh. I tried calling you. So I probably was trying to call you on your cell. Didn't get nowhere. Uh-huh. Phil was actually home like I was. And you, we just started witnessing us it from the news's perspective and it just was like you you couldn't it, no movie in the world could have made this shit what it was that day like i i actually thought while i witnessed seeing the plane the second plane hit the building that it was a fucking movie i didn't like i thought that the news was showing a trailer or some shit this couldn't possibly be what the fuck was going on in that moment that it was going on not the world trade like wait what didn't we just escape some craziness like this in 93 yeah and it's crazy because it's like it's four views you got the plane from the people the, the, the plane that was being hijacked those people you have the people that was actually watching the damn plane fly into their fucking window. Then you have us on the inside that we, we can't even see what's going on. We could just feel it. 
And then you have those of you that were watching it from TV that seen basically every fucking thing. I mean, the last time in history, the last time I know of in history, and if there's another time frame, please listen to this. Feel free to let me know. Message us or something. Um, last time I heard about people being so distraught that they were literally jumping out of buildings and committing suicide was the um, Wall Street. The Black Wall Street? No, not Black Wall Street. I'm sorry. The Great Depression. Oh. It, when the stocks when the stocks fell and all that shit, the motherfuckers was the first and until 9-11 last scenario I knew of where it was so devastating to them that that is what they that was their alternative. That that was my option. It's nothing that I don't want I don't even want to live because look at what just happened to me financially. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was over money. And that was over money. That was over money. These niggas are, are jumping out of windows to save the well, I don't I guess it's like to not go up in flames. But sis, the reality is for for us, not even just cause we work there, for people who have ever visited the World Trade Center, the observation deck. Think about it. That yeah. shit went up to like a hundred and semi floors. Yeah, so when that building hit, where are you going? That is so fucked up to have even imagined that you're stuck on a floor where motherfuckers is probably saying, well, why don't y'all just go down the stairs? What stairs? The staircase blew up. No, listen. All right. Uh, the staircase, it, all right. It hit basically like not so much in the middle, but a little, a little higher than the middle. Yeah. I believe, right? Um, like 70 floors up. Now that those buildings were designed to, I guess, fall the way they fell. I, I was actually at home and, and I, I watched them. I, yeah, the infrastructure I, I was crazy. The infrastructure of how it collapsed was out of this world. Yeah. Yeah, like if they 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 built them like Legos and shit to just come straight down yes. and not to fall over. So the the plane is in the the building now, mind you. It, no, there's nothing. No elevators. No elevator, period. It don't matter what floor you on. There's no elevator work, right? So uh, the staircases were full of people trampling over each other. The staircases under the plane. They, they were packed with people trampling over each other. Because when we came out of the, the exit that we had to come out of, they, those same people were running next to us. And we were on in, in the lobby. We could have just ran out the front, but they went and unlocked the doors in the front. You know, I always thought since because our location was right there on the ground level, because we're literally right across the street from what? Century 21 at the time. Yeah, right here, right across the street. I'm thinking yet, y'all got a head start. You understand? No. On being able to, that's what my mind logically was saying to myself, like, well, okay, we work on the ground level, you know, they should be fine. People should be good because they have enough time to, and we have an exit, actually. You know, we, we had those exit doors right there. Yeah, yeah. Those clear glass exit doors right there. You come in, and then you turn to the right, and you come inside Cozy. Yep. Um, But no, because there were people that were in the offices that was outside before us, because they already knew what was happening. Like I said, we down at the bottom, we didn't know. But they, they know that some shit crashed up there. Oh, I see what you said. You know what I'm saying? So the people in the... And then remember, we had another lower level under us that yes. also had restaurants. 
Well, that lower level back in 93 is where the fucking gold was. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're looking for. But, um, so we, so we running out, the kids, um, it, 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 it was just, um, and, and when you look up, because it was so fresh, you couldn't see anything. You know, it was just, it was just basically debris. I heard, I heard. So, it was just, um, yeah. So you, 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 you couldn't, and my aunt still laughs at me to this day, you know, because I had all the debris on me. You know, she, um, she, she, she finds a human in, in my survival. But, um, that is just, it's, it's not even something that you can, it mad like you see it on TV and you be like, damn, that's crazy. But to really be there is is, is something else. And it's not like you know, because I was safe, but it was so many other people that weren't. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? So many other people that weren't. So many children that weren't okay mentally. You know, because I I I I, I didn't hear about any babies dying from the World Trade Center. So I'm gonna assume that they, everyone got out safely. But that's, you know, they, those kids have to live with that, just like us adults have to live with that. Those are still younger, younger children, children that was like, what, 20 years younger than us, 18 mm -hmm. years younger than us. Mm -hmm. However old we were when we were working with that. You know 19, nigga, that's the irony. I know I was 19 and it's 19 years later. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, same thing, because we're the same age. There you go. You know, um, but real quick, I want to give a shout out to before, um, all right, who is there? Gosh, I love everybody so much. You got you, you got Phyllis, Vaughn, a.k.a. Most, got Trinette, Lynette, Cleo, James, John, Carlotta, and the catering staff. The homeboys on work release. I remember them? The delivery yeah. guys? Remember, Cozy's had a contract. Yes, they did. They had a contract with the state to employ guys that was just coming home. Those are some of the coolest men, period. You know, um, my homegirl, Edry, that I went to school with. And, um, Kobe, we still want to know what's up with our facts. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, that day, I didn't take the train for a good year after that because I was just talking. I didn't want to be stuck in no tunnels. And, um, I... It took me a while to take elevators, but I'm still scared of elevators. I'm still scared of tunnels, so if I don't have to take a tunnel, I won't. Um, elevators, I usually walk up depending on how many sites walk down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sis, I'm I'm um traumatized behind that too. Most some people know this. Most listeners probably don't, but they'll know now. Um, I have never been on a plane ever in my life like I literally don't even know what the airport looks like in New York City but um I definitely have never been on a plane after 9-11 like I've always felt like somehow especially when Final Destination came out it was just like I felt eerie about being able to be blessed to not get caught up in a situation that I could have been very much caught up in like certain events was just like you can't you can't overlook the blessings when you dodge certain things and so i have been since this since 9 11 i have my family could tell you i will not i'm literally scared to get on a plane like since then and i know i need to conquer that because i'm gonna be stuck 
<laughs> here and I want to see the world, but you talking trauma, trauma, you, a lot of people dealt with 9-11 or lack of deal, dealing with it in weird ways that left some effects. Mm-hmm. More than yeah, just right. health effects. You know what I'm saying? More than just because a lot of people got fucked over from being first responders or being living in that area and them not being able to rid the pollution and toxins yeah. fast enough. They lived through having radiation or, I mean, not radiation, cancer and all kind of fucked up, you know, uh, uh, pollutant, pollutants in their system to where they end up having health effects, major health effects behind that. That's why they was able to get insurance and, 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 and they start requesting bills to have first responders and their family members or people who lived in that area to have to get, you know, assistance. And I will say this before you um go ahead and say what you was going to say, sis. Red Cross really looked the fuck out for people who lost their jobs or used to work in the World Trade Center. Because I remember not knowing what the fuck came next. Even after they transferred us, sis, to other locations, I was still concerned about, well, what do I do as far as money? Because I still had to pay. I I had my own apartment. I I still had to pay bills. Heaven wasn't born yet. And you had two jobs in the World Trade Center. Exactly. So I'm now like, wait a minute. Our other jobs were, you know, maybe because I know mine was back in Brooklyn. You know, so... And you, what are you going to do about your other income? And there you have it. And so I was like really like confused. And I love you guys. I love Phil. She called me that morning like, sis, get dressed. We going down to the pier. And I'm like going to the pier for what? She's like, we're going to Chelsea Pier. They had it set up where there were like funds, like some I, I, uh, a relief funds, like Safe Horizon. Shout out to Safe Horizon. Shout out to Red Cross and all the banks. That cut checks that day for niggas. You heard what I'm... Y'all, I put this on my kids. All you had to do was go to Chelsea Piers with pay stubs to prove you worked in the world trade. And you know we worked there. So all our pay stubs said, what? To world trade. That's all I needed. And I walked out of there my right hand to God with three fucking checks. And they wasn't no light money checks. The rest of the checks that started coming in my mailbox, God bless those fucking agencies. Don't tell me them people didn't look out for New Yorkers. Son, that, 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 that's when they were able to do shit like that. And I was just present right now. You know what I'm saying? Nuts. No, definitely. That's when the city did look out for their people. That definitely. When they, the, when they did the right thing. Definitely. And I'm a, I'm a recipient of that. Because them niggas took care of me for a minute with them little checks coming in my mailboxes. Um, I just got my transfer to Brooklyn. I stayed in Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, I just I went from store to store training people until, you know, um, you know, time went on and I had to move on. Yeah. But one thing I didn't, I, I probably, I don't know. I probably didn't take the plane. I can't even remember because I'm on the plane so much. Like that's one thing. Um, I, I was never, I'm never scared to get on the airplane. Um, especially if that shit is hijacked because I'm probably gonna be the first one to go and fight somebody. <laughs> so I'm not worried about no plane getting hijacked and me not going going all out. Um, <laughs> but, of course not. You no, know, the, the train station and and all that people was like stuck in the train station. The doors were closed 
not her. Yeah, I get so, it. I just yeah, it's, it's a lot of trauma behind that. It's a stream trauma, which, by the way, I don't even recall nobody offering mental health, uh, you know, um, techniques not, no, or or, yeah, or services. Not, not right yeah, uh, yeah, definitely not right. Yeah, it really was. It took some time, and then by then, it was more like I said, it was more geared for originally people who had physical and and, and health issues. Yeah, lung issues, like respiratory, yeah. yeah, all of that. And then it gradually started coming into the mental capacity health and is your mental right. health. Yeah, exactly. Because right now, if you take notice, um, like, well, like a couple of weeks or maybe a month before September 11th, that commercial comes on where they still have like a billion dollars to get the people whose family members passed away of cancer who was in the area. Yes. People who are still sick. People who, you know, got asthma, who, who never had asthma. Or bronchitis who has it Absolutely. Like, you know, um, for a while after 9-11, it's, and, I, and I'm, I'm being very serious here. Like, I don't think I went back down to that area until like a decade after. Like, it was years before I went back down to um, that area. Yeah, I, I've only driven by it, honestly. I've only, I've only passed I still by haven't it. went to the memorial. Like, no, yeah, I have, I, I, I'm going to do it, um, I'm gonna go take Dominic. I was gonna take my son over to uh, just to go and look, just yeah. to, you know, get a feel of it. But um, yeah, I haven't had the the heart to go down. Neither. So it's just it's gonna it's, it hits different. Go. It hits different. And I tell and, and and I said to Phil like if if you notice the weather has been the same every since. 9-11 like after that beautiful day we have never had a september 11th where the weather was like it was that day it's been gloomy raining and melancholy every fucking year since then i noticed for a fact the first year after 9-11 i was working in soho in this uh supermarket um named gourmet garage and i never forget the airiness of the wind and just the whole, it was the first anniversary. The, the fucking weather was out of control. And out of ordinary. Out, so fucking out of the, it was like some supernatural shit. And I remember just walking down the cobblestones, cause you know in Soho, the, the ground is. You got some old dad, yeah. Yes, and I'm standing there, I'm walking, smoking my cigarette. And it was like, if I was being pushed, by force of the wind, the shit was so uncanny. I was like, oh no, I need to get home. And ever since the first anniversary, I have yet to witness 9-11 coming here where the sun is shining. Oh, it rained yesterday. I'm about to say, it rained crazy yesterday. So it did, I, I said, but banging on my window. But it, 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 it hasn't been the same, even though 
And I mean, shout out to Cozy too. That 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 was a changer in our lives. It was. We were all young and you know, just all over the place. Then nobody we we knew enough to get a job and to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, but we were still mad young. We were still babies. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't 21. We were still mad young, and we did our thing. We definitely did. Like that place yeah. taught me a lot about um great work ethics, um, um customer service, exceptional customer service. And that's the reason why I take retail so personal when I see very bad customer service being implemented. Because most of my working years I was in retail. So I dealt with customers one-on-one, not behind no fucking phone, not behind a screen or something saving me from no. I'm dealing with you and you dealing with me. And there's a right and wrong way how to deal with people. And they do not stress that enough these days in customer service and retail, in my opinion. But Cozy's definitely stepped the level of professionalism for me. I was only, shit, 18 when I got hired. Yeah. And we needed that boost. We needed that boost of confidence. We needed that boost of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And they, they taught us a lot. And people don't like to go out to eat with me because, and, and, you know, food and beverage is my shit. That, that's been my background for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just like, there's certain things you can't do. Yeah. I'm very arrogant when it comes to my money and, and service that somebody has given me. Because I know I know what comes with it. And I know that, you know, sometimes you wanna feel like you gotta have an attitude and things like that, but it's not good customer service. It's not. And, you know, I I'm grateful like Cody they taught us. They did. They taught us patience. The customers taught us customer service because they were the bond to us. Yeah. It taught you patience, especially how and how critical was it for me to have that lesson of patience at that time of 18? Cause you know, when I, like I said, when I got hired there, I was still living in a group home and I was still very much in these rings. Like, so. Yeah, we was a mess. I, I, I had gotten kicked out of my crib. I'm living with my fucking mess. Word, it was, I was on different time. Like different, different time. Yeah, yeah like we, we needed that. We did. We needed that sense of responsibility so we could grow up. Cause we were all doing bullshit, all of us. Hell yeah. All of us that they hired in that store. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some kind of different type of fucked up background. We, we were doing bullshit the day before we got hired. Word. You know what I'm saying? And now, we can speak to any of these people and we are all doing great. Yes, yes. But that's the beauty of that place because they took a chance because they saw something in you. They saw something about you that you might not have even seen in yourself at that time. And that's why I say it really had a lot to do with shaping, at least I will say that, shaping my character when it came to work ethics. And not to mention, we worked amongst our cultural peers. Yeah. yeah. We, there was nothing but black people. Yeah, the whole establishment. Black people, and they respected us, and that. Absolutely. They absolutely did. And that is something that is very uncommon, especially during that time. Exactly. The, exactly. 
the whole fucking shift, the, not even a shift, excuse me, the whole roster. Yo, son, they just could have went to any Cody, and it was a bunch of black people behind them station. Chip. First of all, I was fucking heartbroken, not for nothing, when they separated and was no longer Zando Cozy. Because we got hired. With them being under that, because Zando, I think, is the coffee part. That was the barista part. But remember, they were in cahoots with Krispy Kreme. That's why I got the love for Krispy Kremes. Oh my God, that's where it started from. That's right. That's why. Oh, Chris Two was right next door. And Vando, yes, it was the coffee, it was the barista bar. And then Cozy's was the, the sandwich and the bread. And, and the while, remember, we started the night um, when with the pizza and shit like that. And the soup. Oh, my God. Yo, we had, yeah. first of all, that food. Like, if you never went and experienced a Cozy experience, and I don't know, because I think Cozy actually still exists presently. Sorry about that, sis. Go in there and they go and taste some bread samples, y'all. Go and taste some bread samples. Yeah, Cozy's bread. And, and, and look at us advertising for these motherfuckers. But. <laughs> we're going to stop. Yeah, I think, definitely. We're going to have to um, have a conversation about that, too, folks, from Cozy's. But um, I will say this much the food was definitely phenomenal. Like, I was not spending my money. My, my lunch, I was eating cozies. I was using my little employee discount. Yep, yep. And sometimes, you know, depending on who was on the station, you wasn't paying for no food. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me this, give me that. You know, mm -hmm. niggas looked out, and that was it. I love the barista simply because I end up appreciating specialty coffee beverages. Like, that shit was made to where it was a fucking course. Like, this was the first time I ever had a job that took making beverages other than, like, being a fucking bartender for liquor and shit. This serious. We had quizzes about, this is why I'm such a bitch when it comes to Dunkin' Donuts and I order a fucking cappuccino. Bitch, give me a cappuccino and not a fucking latte because I had to learn, that shit was embedded in my head, what the difference is between each fucking drink. It does matter, bitch. Don't just pour hot steamed milk in my motherfucking cup and don't even give me foam and tell me this is a cappuccino. Bitch, I... Mm. Yeah, baby. Oh, man. You don't even understand. Yeah, I took my barista title very seriously. <laughs> because they made us take it serious. We had to read. We had to know that a cap was fucking... It was better to make a cappuccino for freshly steamed milk. Yes! First of all, sis. See? Oh, my God. Sis, how about... The this is something that really grinds my gears. This is how you know people are not even taking being a barista seriously, okay? Because you're only supposed to steam milk maybe three times. After that, you can't keep steaming that milk. You're supposed to pour that shit out and start with new milk because that's where you get the best foam from. Exactly. And if you're not adding cold milk to the milk that you already have that's First of all, how you gonna give me foam if you haven't even allowed it to sit? My nigga, I see people steaming the milk in Dunkin' Donuts. As soon as they take it from underneath the wall, and they start to pour in the milk. What the fuck? And, and, and that's supposed to be a cappuccino for me? I'm not sitting there drinking a whole cup of foam. I don't 
with that funny ass spoon. And that's why our tip can, I, I, I mean, and, and like we were saying earlier, I don't think I've ever left my job with less than $250 to $300. And we had five day shifts, my nigga. And I'm not talking about, that wasn't our check, my nigga. That's the tip, yo. Different type of white people, though. your bottom fucking dollar every let's say about 10 30 10 15 10 30 that line was getting ready to start foam uh forming for that lunch that lunch rush that 12 to 2 or 12 to 3 lunch rush was a sight to fucking see it was like we was giving out free money or some shit i don't know a white person who didn't eat at zando cozy if they worked at the world trade center or in the world financial during that motherfucking time of 2000 They wasn't complaining because we had the flow. It wasn't even like they would sit there and be like, damn, I wish this line. Before you could complain, you was already at the register. Not even that. You know why there was no, no reason for us to complain or for them to complain? It was no reason for us to complain because we could handle it. We yeah. Yeah. nigga that that's why i say starbucks had nothing and still don't on how we was making these fucking specialty fucking drinks my nigga i was so proud to come home and explain to the people in the group home at the time the difference between a macchiato and an americano and a red eye and the reason why <laughs> Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's a fact. Yeah, that shit hurt my heart when I seen the separation, and and and, I, and it took me a while to like really like realize what was going on, cause I'm like, why does shit just keep saying cozy? Mm-hmm. Like my apron used to say, like I remember what my uniform said. What the fuck happened here? I still got the box of matches, son. Do you really? out of here see that's awesome i i end up leaving like after 9 11 happened i stayed in the group home for literally i want to say uh 
um, like maybe 30 or 40 days later because I ended up getting my first apartment. And so that's what I was using a lot of the monies to first month's rent I, 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 to get shit was coming through me getting assistance for not having, you know, employment. And even though they did transfer us, I don't think I stayed at wherever I was that long because it just wasn't the world trade. We was a fucking family. And first of all, we go, I was going to another location who already had a relationship with the people at that store. So it already felt awkward. And as, as nice and, you know, you know, accommodating I was trying to be, it, I knew this was not going to work. Like I, I ended up visiting Phil because she was in the, um, she was at the world financial and I was like surprised that that was even open. Like, wait a minute. Okay. I wish I could have gotten transferred there, but I end up moving on. Like you said earlier, you end up moving on and you start getting different jobs and doing different things with your life. But you know, I can never forget this day. Um, because the tragedy was just, yeah. Okay, I'm thankful because after that, uh, they did give me another opportunity to, you know, create the Brooklyn cast. So yeah, yeah. A lot of people from the World Trade was over in Brooklyn. And then Brooklyn was wise enough, you know, chosen or whatever. So I just suggested, like, I just asked if I could just go around and be a commander and just train people. So I did that for a while. Um, I went to Pine Street. I wind up um, going to 44th and 3rd. Um, well, excuse me, before 44th and 3rd, I was at the World Financial with Phil. I was there for a while, but that staff, it, it was a lot of staff there, like a lot of staff. It, it, just, it wasn't as busy as the World Financial, I mean, the World Trade used to be. So from the World Financial, I went to uh, 44th and 3rd. And then that, that was my last location with Colby. But it was, uh, it was uh, a great experience, you know, um, Especially being a black female. Yeah. It was a, a it was a great experience. And I, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful too, and I'm I, and you know to to anybody who lost somebody, um, that yeah. day, nineteen years ago. My sincerest condolences. Um, I just this I've we've never been I've never been able to tell my story um to where a lot of people could hear it at once or allow people that experience that day in the flesh to be able to do that. So that's the real purpose of this segment today is to kind of share on a more personal aspect that you guys know people. Even if you didn't think you knew people, look out, you, you do know people. You know me, you know Dana, you know us now. And we're sharing with you our uh, memories of that day. And for those who, you know, just didn't know how people felt about that day, we're just a small percentage of New Yorkers that tell this story. Exactly.
each other and to make the home safe. And whenever we can call each other, you know, call each other to make sure that we all made it home. And then we literally all walked separate ways. Mm-hmm. Nobody went in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And I probably was the only person from Brooklyn, if I could remember. Yeah. That, that, that was there. You know, I, I, I walked across that. I, that was the day I was really picking up my bottoms from Rockford uh, downtown Brooklyn. Man, I walked down there looking crazy, trying to open up the store. Everything is on box. Everything. Like, like, we just walked home. And I just, just went home and turned the TV on and I'm just looking. And I'm like, you know, like, if they didn't let us out, that, that could have been all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Because I heard, and then I'm going to close this out, sis. I had heard, as, like, immediately after that occurred, people were stuck downtown, which is why you had so many people walking over the Brooklyn Bridge and literally walking from um, that area to wherever the fuck they lived, whether it was Harlem, whether it was the Bronx. You were not getting back home. You had to walk home. What a fucking sight to to have witnessed and saw. But with that being said, I'm going to close this out. We appreciate you guys for listening to, you know, our tribute, our memories of actually working at the uh, World Trade Center during the 9-11 tragedy. So thank you. And um, we hope you enjoyed. Thank you, guys. Later, you guys. Available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. <laughs>